0: In the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So several years ago, I discovered a letter from the late 1960s here. I would say in our archives, but our archives are somewhat scattered. But it was a letter from uh, the vestry here to the stained glass window company. Where the artists were who created all these gorgeous windows, and it looked to be the first letter that had been written describing what did the parish want in this big window, at the front of the church or from us in here at the back of the church. There wasn't a lot of specificity, but it did say it wanted it to be welcoming and inviting, but not too religious. I want to know, how did they get from not too religious to that gigantic Jesus? (laughs) We have back there, if you here in the sanctuary want to peek around, you can take a look. And for those of you at home, we did post it uh, on uh, Facebook and email you get every week. But there is Jesus, his huge ball described as embodied in a sense right there. And take a look at his hands. Each little piece of glass in those hands is a different color. The sun's very bright right now, so some of them look like similar colors. But up close, each pane is a different color. And then lo- notice his face it's a black face, but the nose, different colors, glass. On the outside, when you leave church and look back, Jesus' face is white. So, this isn't a white Jesus or a black Jesus. This is a Jesus united in difference, made up of different parts that are equally vital. One body, this glorious, huge stained glass Christ, different pieces, yet completely whole. So this not very religious window actually embodies the theology. Of what we believe about the body of Christ. How we are the body of Christ with all our differences with all our particularity. Paul writes in his letter that we heard before I read the gospel. That the body does not consist of one member but of many. We are a body where no member no person. No part is any more important than the other. And without all those panes of glass in Jesus's hands. If we were to miss one. We wouldn't have a whole hand. The integrity of the whole. Would be disturbed. Would be broken. The vibrancy of that window the vibrancy of our community. Depends on each piece. As a whole to thrive. As body of Christ is alive right here in the sanctuary. We're being held by those beautiful arms. We're being welcomed by those arms. But the body of Christ is more than this parish. It's our diocese. It's the Episcopal Church. Of Christianity or all the different branches as our presiding bishop likes to say all the different branches of the great tree of Christianity. Of which we are just one little branch. So all of us are an expansive body of Christ. We're an incarnation and an expression of the ultimate nature of God's kingdom. A kingdom that holds difference. That upholds difference. A kingdom that knows no bounds. Radically. Inclusive. And within this kingdom as part of the body, we actually don't get to opt out. We already are a part. We are already loved. We are already needed. And no matter what form of organ or limb or even a fingernail that you conceive that you are. We can hear what Paul said. If the foot says would say. Because I'm not a hand. I don't belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear were to say because I'm not an eye. I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. So we don't get to decide to opt out and we don't get to decide that all parts need to be the same. Paul writes, if the whole body were an eye, where would, there be, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? If all were a single member, where would the whole body be? Whole body would be totally dysfunctional, non-functional. So we can't put limits or boundaries on who belongs or what form they need to take. Paul writes the eye cannot tell say to the hand. I have no need of you. And again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. Yet sadly, it's in the greater body of Christ. We've excluded. We've hurt. We've shoved down. We've marginalized. In this very parish, those of you who were around way back when Malcolm Boyd was hired as an associate. Malcolm was one of the earliest gay male priests in the church living in a committed loving relationship that we would now call a marriage that ultimately way later in his life became a marriage. He was out. And from what I've heard from some of you who were here the day his appointment was announced. There was a rising of a number of people in the congregation and a walking out. And a number of folks have recounted how the echo of the high heels on the stone walking out was like a chorus. We go back within the Episcopal Church's history. The church embraced enslavement in a large part, not just in the South. Northeastern churches as well were built with proceeds from enslaved labor. And now there's a great movement to remember to recall and also remember to pull these members back into the body to restore the body. Looking very honestly of what is our history? How can we be restored? How do we remember these parts? And we look beyond the Episcopal Church to the Anglican Communion and again schism and split happening over LGBTQIA plus inclusion blocking ordinations blocking same gender marriage wanting all pot bodies to conform to one norm instead of celebrating the diversity and seeing how much we need the diversity and the fullness of every person in the body of Christ and Christianity as a whole gender is still an issue in some parts and there was actually someone who came here once a visitor who told me I'm an abomination in the sight of the Lord because I'm a female priest. This is not the body Christ envisions. Christ envisions a body where every member is valued, because every member is needed for the whole body to thrive. We are a living body, and as our living body, we are a witness to the world, a world where other body parts are breaking, where oppression. Rules. I think of our Jesus up there, same way the arms are outstretched and holding us here, welcoming us, welcoming us here. The arms are outstretched to Santa Monica, holding Santa Monica, welcoming Santa Monica. The vision of Christ goes beyond the ocean, around the globe, holding the globe, welcoming the globe. And yet. Right here Santa Monica right on 4th Street during the protests after George Floyd's murder. We saw the brokenness of our human family. The brokenness from our own collusion with exclusion. Brokenness expressed even in the body of George Floyd while he was being killed. I can't breathe. We all need to be the lungs. We all need to be with the breath. We need to be breathing into racism and white supremacy that mandates that the white bodies are the worthy ones. Christ's body our body is hurt. Anytime one member is hurt and even the invisible members the members we don't even realize are there. But are excluding from our consciousness or not understanding their role. This very small example. Many, many years ago. I had a little bit of a pain in my back. And I happened to be seeing a massage therapist who worked with neuromuscular pain. And I walked in. I was like, you know, my back feels a little funky. Take a look at it. She said, no, why don't you walk for me? i took a few steps she says well you're walking funky and i get up on the table and she starts working down my back my leg and she gets to my foot pushes in somewhere and i have this sharp squeal of pain lo and behold she discovered a broken bone in my foot and i couldn't remember i don't remember breaking it but a month earlier Piece of furniture, sharp piece of furniture had dropped on my foot and it had hurt, but I thought it had healed. Yet its brokenness, a month later, slowly was reverberating up my leg, into my back, and hurting me. We need to include and heal and restore every little broken bone. And it's not just about inclusion. This is about recognizing that all the body parts need to thrive together. All of us depend on each other and when we're broken that brokenness reverberates when the body ignores the brokenness. This is not to say if you are coming in here as a broken soul oh, you don't belong. It's when we as a body push out others. That's when the problem arrives. So Paul writes if one member suffers. We all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, we all rejoice together. One part suffers. We suffer individually and globally. I look at our entire human family around the globe and COVID-19 and how we in the West have been reluctant to share vaccines with the world. And while that may have built up some health here. That reluctance has met huge slope and are not vaccinated. And we're giving the unfortunate gift of a giant petri dish of unvaccinated people for variants like Omicron to grow like what happened in southern Africa. So, Paul's call is more than the radical embrace of individuals. It's for the lifting up of who we are as a body to reflect the love of Christ, to reflect who Christ is in the world, and to push that expansive vision out into the world. We need one another and we need our diversity. We are utterly and absolutely depended on one another. We are in connect, interconnected whether we want to believe it or not. The question this morning is how are we honoring all parts? How do we rely on one another? How are we being fed by one another? Because life in Christ is life in our communal body. That is something to rejoice today. We are one body, many members, one body. Amen.